Latter-day Liberty Podcast, Episode 22. Hello and welcome back to the Latter-day Liberty Podcast with your hosts Matt Kent and Daryl Portsline. How's it going, Daryl? Doing well. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, nice. So yeah, um, we are here. I don't know. This one of the major goals of of the doing starting this podcast in the first place was to try to um, try to get my own ideas out there um, about government and the proper role of government. In fact, one of the things that that set me off or started me down this road is uh, a talk by President Benson. Um, and I, th- I think you've listened to it too, haven't you, Daryl? The, the proper role of government? Yeah, yeah, yep. Well, I can't remember what the setting was. Was it a BYU devotional or I can't remember now? No, it was, uh, it was actually for... It was more of a political setting, I guess, right? Yeah, it was, it was specifically for... Um, That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, but it's good. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's one that uh, totally got me started on all of this. And um, so what I thought today, I thought, uh, Daryl and I were discussing what we might talk about and what topic we might talk about. And uh, we thought we would talk about kind of more along those lines, um, the proper role of government. And uh, we have, um, there's general conference talks that we could, we could get into and all of that. But we, we, um, we had a few places in the scriptures, just in Doctrine and Covenants that we wanted to hit. Um, and let's go ahead and just start with you, Daryl. You had, you had one you wanted to start with, and let's start there, I guess. Yeah, so um, Doctrine and Covenants 134 is pretty interesting to me. Um, and y- you know how when you know you read the scriptures multiple times and you get something different out of them every time. Well, um, you kind of helped me get something different out of this uh, years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of read it a little differently now and pull some things out of it that I didn't used to. Nice, nailed um, it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I think if you listen to me, a lot, you know, whatever, ranting to my wife about politics or whatever, you'll, uh, I have a lot of bad things to say about government, right? And <laughs> right. Um, section 134 actually has quite a few good things to say about government. So when I, when I read it, as I was kind of, I guess, <laughs> on my libertarian journey, uh, I read this and I was like, oh, this is, this sounds a lot more positive about government than I am right now. <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting, you know, as I read it, it, it certainly, um, it certainly s- it says that there's a place for government, but I think the government that it's talking about, it's a little bit different than the government we experience in, in the, in the U S today, let's say. Um, so anyway, just to, to get into it, um, you know, right in verse one, it says, we believe that governments were instituted of God for the benefit of man. And he holds men accountable for their acts in relation to them, both in making laws and administering them for the good and safety of society. So, right there governments are instituted of god and i have a lot of bad things to say about governments so i'm like i'm trying to wrestle with that right um <laughs> right but again i think as we get as we get further further into this we'll kind of see what it what it really means by government so then verse 2 says we believe no government can exist in peace except such laws are framed and held inviolate as will secure to each individual the free exercise of conscience the right and control of property and the protection of life so that i think is really um the i guess formula for a good government that can exist in peace it says is it needs to have kind of th- those three planks right you the people need to have a free exercise of conscience. They need to have right and control of property and they need to 
and then there needs to be protection of life um, that that is that the government is providing. So um, anyway, uh, what are your thoughts about that, Matt? I guess to, just well, to yeah. start it off there. Uh, so one of the things I loved about that that uh, chapter and those verses in particular is is just it for me. It, it goes right back to the. Um, the non-aggression principle, which if anybody's uh, not heard us talk about that before, is literally just the idea that uh, this is what libertarianism is is founded on, right? Is the idea that you can do anything you want, just you do not um, aggress against another. Don't You don't initiate violence um, against a person or their things. And um, so, you know, you don't take their stuff and you don't hurt people. So that's kind of what it boils down to. And, and I really like that it literally that's what it's talking about is, is that... Um, you can't have a, a good government without it, without the government specifically protecting those rights. And uh, one of the thoughts I've had on this, um, I'm glad that you brought these scriptures up because um, recently I've been I've been hearing a lot more about. Um, it, I don't know. I have a lot of negative things to say about government as well. Um, surprise, surprise. And uh, one of the things though that that comes to my mind is that I, I hear people talk about, or, or I read a. a a talk back in the day. I can't even remember who it was, but it was one of the prophets. And he, he said, you know, it's better to have government than not to have government because, um, without government, then it's just anarchy and which I identify as an anarchist. And so that, that always kind of just, I don't know, it didn't sit exactly right. But, but that's the, I guess where I'm at with that currently is I'm, I'm thinking that one of the benefits that does come from having a central, you know, um, central group that we all can consent is you know hey these guys are kind of making some decisions here or whatever is that it does give it um a sense of legitimacy that can be very um very uh useful for example in the, in the book of mormon we read about you know the the kings and that like king mosiah king benjamin those guys wouldn't have been nearly as successful if if the community if the if their society did not view them as legitimately the, the king right they had the right to 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 govern and to and to make these laws so there is i think a benefit to that where you can kind of everybody kind of points to it and says you know yeah this is legitimate and this is and we all agree to to live by it um so that's one of the things i think that is is good in in, in as far as having a speci- specifically having a government set up um, but then there's just all sorts of bad that comes with it. And I, I agree with the scripture that all those bad things happen when we neglect those, the, those principles that, that, that it's supposed that those, uh, that government is supposed to be there to protect. Anyways, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's definitely interesting. Um, actually, I think, I think it's in this, maybe we'll get to it. Um, I think, I think anarchy is mentioned somewhere in here. Maybe, maybe I was reading somewhere else. I was, I was reading a bit of this this morning catching up and getting my mind straight on it um but yeah uh yeah i i think again i think the government that is described in here will look a little different than what we have today so i think that's really where you know what does government really mean and and it looks like you know so far you know verse two it's something that's providing you know helping people get free exercise of conscience right and control of property and and protection of life so those are kind of three big things it's supposed to be doing um then uh verse four i'm not going to read it but it gets into uh uh like religious freedom that's really important of course um and and then verse five is is really interesting um i'll read the first part at least it says we believe that all men are bound to 
to sustain and uphold the respective governments in which they reside. So right there, you know, I'm reading that and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to sustain my government. I think that my government does a lot of terrible things. And they're here, it's telling me to sustain my government, right? Yeah. Except that then there's this little phrase after it that I hadn't really noticed before, I think until you pointed out to me a few years ago. Um, it says, so I'll read it again. We believe that all men are bound to sustain and uphold the respective governments in which they reside while protected in their inherent and inalienable rights by the laws of such governments. So so there I'm, I'm like, okay, there is a caveat there it's we we do owe respect uh, and we do we should sustain our governments when they are protecting our inalienable rights right and i think we could go into what those inalienable rights are but i think it's probably pretty well summarized by like the declaration of independence or things like that where we're talking about you know life liberty property life liberty pursuit of happiness is is one way it's said right those those kind of basic things if you are protected in those fundamental rights then why would you not support a government that is protecting you in those things, right? Of course you should. But, uh, you know, again, get, if we compare it to today, I think sometimes our government is the biggest violator of those rights. And so, you know, in that case, I don't think we are bound to sustain those kinds of governments. But in as much as our governments do do good things, we should sustain them in those things. So, you know, rather than looking to, you know, overthrow the entire government or whatever, let's look at, okay, what are, what are, what is government doing that's good? And I can support that. And then what's government doing that's not, so that's not really part of the, you know, protecting those rights. And then maybe I won't support those pieces, right? And maybe I'll try through political action, whatever, whatever makes sense to you to get those things changed, right? And try to purge those bad parts out of the, out of the government. Yeah, no, and I, and I really agree with that. I um, I had a thought, and now the thought train has taken off for a second. Um, give me just a second, and it will probably come back. Um, oh shoot! <laughs> oh, it oh. actually is right here. By the way, that, yeah, go that for mention it. of anarchy. It's a, it, so to continue on in that verse. It says, uh, "Oh, it's actually the next verse." Um, uh, it talks about honoring the station of like rulers and magistrates and stuff, um, and that they're there to protect the innocent and punish the guilty. Um, and then it says uh, to uh, that to the laws, all men owe respect and deference as without them, peace and harmony would be supplanted by anarchy and terror. So again, anarchy is being used in a negative sense here. And, and, uh, and of course, terror is, is not a good word. And then, uh, um, but it's interesting. It says, to the laws, all men owe respect and deference. So it's not even necessarily saying to the government, it's saying to the laws. So we'll, again, we're, if we're talking about good, honorable laws that are protecting the innocent, that are punishing the guilty, that are protecting the safety of individuals, that we should respect and defer to those laws because without them, we would have anarchy and terror. So again, you know, we can talk about the maybe different meanings of anarchy, but I think bottom line is that Regardless of whether you have a government or not, or a central government, or a more distributed government, a local government versus a farther away government, um, you need good laws to have a well-functioning society. There, there need to be rules. That that's definitely definitely important, right? Yeah, and this is this is one thing that um, uh, I really like about uh, there's <clears throat> there's one um, libertarian philosopher, Hans Hermann Hoppe, I think. Is how you pronounce his name. Anyways, he this is kind of what he he comes back to, right? Because you got you got some people in the libertarian movement um, that 
they're there specifically because, you know, hey, I can do whatever I want. That's right. I can smoke pot. You know, I can do, I can, I can do these things. And, and they're doing whatever the heck they want. And they, they, they'll rail against all these different rules or whatever and how this is, you know, um, uh, power and usurpation and all this stuff. And Hans Hermann Hoppe, who is very strictly libertarian, um, comes out with, you know, theories around, um, actually, no, in, in an actual libertarian society, um, it's actually pretty likely that there would be even stricter laws, uh, even stricter rules in a lot of cases. Um, and I don't know if you remember back when we had um, Jeffrey Tucker on with us, but he talked specifically about a, um, a place in oh, back east somewhere. Anyways, there, there's a, there, they've, there is a, um, it's a privately owned part of town that is, it's its own place like they they actually have their own mayor and all this stuff and it's all privately owned all the roads are taken care of on their own and security is completely provided by it, by the private uh, security there right so it's pretty much a privately private um police going on there and they do not allow smoking like he he lit up a cigarette out on the road and the, the guy just came up and very politely you know just said hey I, I don't know if you knew this or not but we don't allow smoking here and He's like, oh, I, I didn't know. So he put out a cigarette or whatever. But that, that was the whole purpose or that was the whole point is, um, and that even Jeffrey Tucker made is that, you know, it's very likely that even in a libertarian society on private property, people will have even more strict rules than what we currently have. And, um, anyways, it's, I really like that idea is that, you know, we, we owe respect to those laws because without it, there is. It's, um, and in this, in this sense, I think he's referring, I think the, the usage of anarchy there is more meaning along the lines of like chaos lack of rules right yeah, like yeah. lack of laws yeah 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 and that's certainly not you know that the the scriptures are pretty clear on that point that that there are certainly laws and there are some laws that god you know should be the one to judge on and 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 we shouldn't necessarily try to like enforce you know all of god's laws on each other you know through through force but there are some laws that we are expected to enforce with each other right obviously we don't let people go around killing each other um you know there are some basic things that we can't even again it you know says we, we can't live in peace without some of these things so they're and, and i do think they really come back to the non-aggression principle that you mentioned if we have laws set to um, enforce things along the lines of the non-aggression principle that people aren't taking each other's stuff and they're not hurting each other, then we can have a, a level of peace that is important to do all the other things we want to do in life, like like re religious observance, like, you know, uh, spending time with our families, you know, whatever other things we have, we, we think are important in life, we have to have some basic rules so that we can get along with each other so that we can exercise those other, those other freedoms and, and rights. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I really like the idea there. Uh, um, uh, and I do remember what I was going to say before, so we'll, I'll get to that in just a second, but, but, um, um, owing that, um, that reverence to the, to the law. Also, I, um, one thing that, that uh, Connor Boyack uh, helped me to better understand is when we talk about the law, we're we're talking about specifically like I, I think in the libertarian circles we talk about natural law. So these are the net, you know, and it goes back to the principles that you talked about. Any, it's the laws that that um, that protect life and liberty and property. Those those are are what we would say I, that God expects us to support those laws. But and this goes back to your point about not. Um, 
our, our, our allegiance isn't to the government, it's to those laws. Um, it goes back to, you know, any governments can make laws that, that violate those other laws. You know, they, they don't, that they, not only do they not protect those things for us, but they also, they infringe upon our rights to life, liberty, and, and all of that, and property. So that's, um, and a great example of this is, well, something that I, I actually, I feel like people, uh, specifically members of the church, when we're talking about, um, uh, about the scripture you were just reading about, you know, we, we sustain and honor the, the governments under which we are, um, we are governed. I can't remember the exact quote there, but, but like you were saying, you know, that, that whole idea of we, we are obligated to, to, um, uh, sustain it in that. Um, I totally agree with that. But if you look at the founding of this, of this nation in particular, we, n- no member of the church would say, oh, yeah, see, they overstepped their bounds. They should have, um, you know, they should have been supporting the king. He was the one that, you know, he was their government and, and they should have been supporting that. No, they, they're all for, and we tout the idea of, no, they, they fought against this, this, um, uh, the monarch. They fought against, you know, they, they, they gained their, their liberty. And it was, it was in sustaining and defending the law back to the natural law, right? Um, and by, by literally, um, not just rejecting, but f- fighting against laws that, that violated those natural, natural rights. Anyways. Yeah. I was actually just chatting with my wife about this the other day that, uh, you know, and, and it's not just members of our, of our church. It's also, you know, Americans in general, I think they're right. very quick to defend, um, you know, our right to exist separately as a country, for example, that we're not part of England anymore, that we're our own, our own country. You know, it, it's very, I guess, uh, um, socially acceptable or whatever to, to think that that revolutionary war was okay. But, you know, the thought of, you know, seceding from the United States government, for example, is like just this horrible thought to a lot of people. Like, you know, now that we have, you know, 50 states, of course, didn't even start out that way, right? It started out with much, much less than that. Um, you know, but for some reason, now that we have these 50 states, like that is, you know, indivisible, as it says in the, yeah. in the uh, what's it called? Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance, yeah. I try to not ever say that. And so I forgot the name. Um, right. But, but, you know, now suddenly this is an indivisible country and no part is allowed to, to secede from another part. And, and that's just like this unthinkable thing, but, uh, you know, we wouldn't even exist as a country if we hadn't done the same thing to England. Right. Right. Um, and, and again, like you said, goes back to those fundamental rights. And as if a government is starting to infringe upon those fundamental rights, it does not, you do not need to sustain those parts of the government right yeah um, you're literally obligated to to fight it right like to to um anyways yeah to uh, resist there we go right right yeah and and of course there's you know there's more egregious things and less egregious things that governments might do and and sometimes it might make sense to uh you know deal with some of the less awesome parts of of government because they're still they're still providing a lot of safety a lot of good and so you know it's it's not that we're saying that you should revolt against any government that that encroaches on your rights at all in any shape or form. You know, th- there's a time and a place for these things. And of course, there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? So yeah. not, we're not trying to say we should all start a revolution. But at the same time, you know, wh- what parts of our government, what what laws do we 
should we be supporting and what laws should we be trying to change or get rid of, right? That are, right. That are actually violating these more fundamental rights. Okay. And with that in mind, are, did you have any other um, scriptures from that uh, section or? There's a couple more things in here, but, but let's jump to that. If you, if you've got a segue. Well, cause what, yeah, cause <laughs> what you just said, um, what you just said, it just reminds me of, um, or it brings me to, to one of the things that I wanted to get into here. Um, and this is in section 101. And um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, this segue is not as smooth as I No, I know. Dang it. Because well, I'm looking through. <laughs> Look at this. This is awful. Um, let's see. Okay. Yeah. It's actually DNC 98, verse 6. It says, Therefore, I, the Lord, justify you and your brethren of my church in befriending that law, which is the constitutional law of the land. So when you talk about, you know, well, what, what laws are we supposed to be, you know, um, what are, what laws are we supposed to, to support? Um, I would say that it's the constitution of the, of the land, right? Of our land, specifically, of the United States. Um, later in this, um, uh, in the same section, um, he says, actually, this is in 101. He, he, <laughs> there's another, um, where it talks about specifically that, um, the men that created the constitution were raised up for that very purpose, right? Um, yeah, it says, and for this purpose have I established the constitution of this land by the hands of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. Now, um, so he raised up these men for that, for that purpose of, um, of creating the constitution in the first place, which is awesome. Um, but I wanted to, to caveat this as well. It, back in section 98, when we talk about the constitution, so that's awesome. First off, I think that there are very few of us, and I, and actually I don't even want to lump myself in that group yet, because, um, but there's very few um, people in the United States that actually understand the constitution and, and understand the meaning behind it, right? Um, and if these people were raised up for that very purpose, we should probably understand better what their meaning, uh, what, what they meant by this constitution. Um, and so that's, that's one thing. Um, so going back to the secession thing, um, and, and seceding, um, from the United States government, that was built into, that was completely the understanding of the, the founding fathers. They did not think that they were creating a compact that you could not get out of. This was, this was a, you know, as long as the federal government is doing what you, your state feels like is, is good for your people, then, you know, we're going to continue in this type of a thing. It was not meant to be, we're, you know, you sign this with blood and you're never getting out of it. Um, so I think it's important for us to remember what they were thinking about it. But also, not just that, but there are things in the Constitution that I don't love, that I don't, that, that I think shouldn't be there. And those were things that were very much contested at the, at the time. Um, but this is where in section 98, um, it talks about the, that the Constitution is great uh, again, but it, it says in that law of the land, which is constitutional, and this is where another caveat comes in, supporting that principle of freedom in maintaining rights and privileges belongs to all mankind and is justifiable before me. So if you think about slavery is right in the Constitution. So at the founding of the, um, of this nation, they have slavery built right into it. I don't think God meant for that to be there. Um, and then, you know, there's other things as well. So it's, it's imperfect for sure, but there's language there and there's intent there that ended up, that does end up, you know, covering everybody as, 
as we as we get back to the really the base principles that it was supposed to be um, uh, uh, defending. Anyways, what do you think on those lines? Yeah, yeah. I I was reading I was reading uh, verse what was it five? Yeah, verse five. At the end of it, it, it says that uh, the so it's talking about the law of the land and the and then the constitutional law of the land. If you go back to verse four. It's talking about the laws of the land, and is my people is my will that my people should observe to do all things whatsoever I command them. So that's really interesting. So the laws of God are, of course, greater than the laws of man, right? So he says, concerning the laws of the land, it's my will that my people should do all things whatsoever I command them. Um, then we get back to the law of the land, the law of the land, which is constitutional, supporting that principle of freedom and maintaining rights and privileges belongs to all mankind and is justifiable before before me. So obviously the constitution doesn't hold legal weight across the entire globe. Um, but I think what this is saying is that the, that constitutional laws that also maintain principles of freedom and, and rights and privileges, those kinds of laws belong to all mankind. So again, non-aggression principles, some of the stuff in the Declaration of Independence, you know, some of those basic human rights are really for everybody. And that's something that we should um, defend and support and sustain, you know, wherever we are. Um, but, and then uh, verse seven, you know, whatsoever is more or less than this cometh of evil. So if it's, if it's not those basic laws, those basic human rights, then it's, not only is it not great, but it says it's actually evil. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, pretty pretty important that we, you know, f figure out where that line is and and try to stay on the right side of that. And and I'm not even saying that I know exactly where that line is. And my understanding is always improving as I learn more, right? But I think it is important for us to think about that and think about which laws are going beyond maintaining principles of freedom and rights, and what are getting into. Um, you know, more or less than that, which is, which cometh of evil. So, uh, you know, and, and as we read in, uh, 134, you know, God holds us accountable for how we deal with the laws of men and, and the governments of men. And, and so, you know, it is important that we try to figure that out and try to, try to defend, you know, good laws and, and get rid of bad laws. Right. And that's one of the things that, um, uh, going back to the, the talk that, uh, or the speech that I originally um, referred to at the beginning of this episode, the proper role of government um, from uh, President Benson in there, he he actually quotes, um, he quotes, uh, I, I call his name Bastiat, um, but um, it's a French name, so I don't know if I'm probably um, totally uh, uh, massacring it, but but um, he talks about the, the fact that, you know, that the person that, what laws are okay then for, uh, let's say to you know for government to to um, to be enacting and the the laws that they can do or the rights that they that the government has to enforce anything is derived from the people. So you can't give the government anything more than what you have, and so it goes back again to this the importance of the natural rights of the individual because the individuals even as a collective we can't get together and add up you know the sum is greater than the parts you know it doesn't work that way um you, you add up all these people our rights are that we can defend our life our liberty and our property 
we can then, and he, I really like the example that um, President Benson gives in this. He talks about, you know, if there's a small community that starts and they start to recognize, you know, I, I want to protect this area for, you know, that I'm living on or whatever um, from encroachment from anybody else. And so as a community, they, they decide, okay, well, what if we, what if we had somebody that we designated and paid them full time to, to protect us that way, protect our land and make sure things are going right. And they elect a sheriff, right? And he said, boom, that is right where government starts. And I loved that example because it, it really is the sheriff is only there, um, doing something that, that the people themselves had the right to do. I, they totally have the right to protect their own property, um, even through force. Um, but they're delegating that right to somebody else. And then, but, but the sheriff can't go above and beyond the rights that are already uh, possessed by the, by the individuals. Anyways, I, I just thought that was a great point as well. Oh yeah, that's perfect. And, and, you know, I, I love to rail on taxes, so I'm going to take this opportunity, but <laughs> um, you know, I don't have the right to tax you, Matt, to pay for my, whatever I want to do with that money. Right. Right. I, I don't have the right to tax you. I don't have the right to tax anybody. Right. And therefore, I cannot delegate the right to tax to the government. So therefore, the government does not have the right to tax either. So, uh, you know, just like you said, it, you can only delegate powers that you actually have. And so that, I think that is important to think about. And again, it, it's right, right along these lines of, you know, laws that's, that promote, you know, the, the principle of freedom and, and protecting each other's rights and property. Those, those cometh, you know, those are good. And anything more than that cometh of evil. So um, a couple more things I wanted to bounce back to in 134 really quick. Um, Again, we're kind of talking about good laws versus bad laws. Um, Verse 8 of 134, at the end of it there. So to preface it, I guess it's talking about that, uh, you know, murderers and and robbers and things like that should be punished. Those are things that should be taken care of. And, And if there's a government, the government should be should be punishing those those types of criminals. Um, and, uh, and then this is interesting at the end of verse eight. And for the public peace and tranquility, all men should step forward and use their ability in bringing offenders against good laws to punishment. So not only should we expect the government to, to uh, bring offenders against good laws to punishment, but we should also participate in that. And whether that's by supporting our local sheriff or, uh, whatever, you know, or literally ourselves physically, you know, apprehending someone if, if the if the occasion arose, you know, we should be active in promoting and defending good laws and bringing people who violate those good laws to punishment. But notice it says good laws. It doesn't say all laws. It says <laughs> we should actively um, bring offenders against good laws to punishment. So again, it doesn't say the it doesn't say the uh, the the negative side of that. But the the negative of that is that maybe we should not bring offenders against bad laws to punishment. Right. Right. There are some laws that go beyond, you know, that that go beyond what we've talked about those natural rights. And should you know should we be participating in bringing offenders against those kinds of laws? you know, to punishment or, you know, is that something that we, should we instead be trying to petition the government to, you know, work at a local level, whatever makes sense to try to get those laws removed so that those people aren't criminals anymore. Right. And we could talk about all the different things that those are, whether it's taxes, whether it's, you know, laws against, you know, ingesting plants and, you know, whatever it is, but, (laughs) um, you know, 
Just to, you know, Maybe just randomly we, yeah, throwing something out Just there, a couple but, of random things that I yeah. thought of. But, you know, yeah, should we be participating in supporting those laws and trying to get people punished that are violating those laws? Or are those laws really a, outside the scope of what the of what the Doctrine and Covenants is describing as what good laws are at this point? Right. Um, and, and right along yeah, those lines, I, um, I um, totally agree. And I, one of the things that that I also, uh, I want to point out as, as well is I, cause I've fallen into this camp as well, but the, the whole idea of, you know, when we say sustaining uh, government and all this stuff and, and, and abiding by the law, like we, we are law keepers here. Like as Latter-day Saints, we, we are, we are expected to, to uphold and keep the law. Um, and that's where, it, again, for me, it goes back to, it, it, it it was Connor Boyack that, that really drove this home for me, and he was quoting other people. So <laughs> obviously, he's not the originator of this, but but the idea goes back to well, what law are we talking about, and what law, you know, like so is it that I'm supposed to um, abide by all the laws? Well, again, as far as I'm reading and as far as I'm understanding, it it depends. What law are we talking about, and does that law uphold? the principles and the natural law that God has himself put a stamp of approval on um, and, and said flat out anything more or less than this is cometh of evil. So yeah, it's just, you know, tidbits to chew on there and think about. Yeah. And there's a, there's a hierarchy of law, I guess you could say, right? There, there's, there's your, your local laws, your state laws, your federal laws, and ult- the ultimate law of the land is supposed to be the constitution and, and everything should roll up to that. And any law that's not constitutional um, doesn't deserve our support in the sense that there's a higher law that, you know, invalidates that lower law. Right. right. And of course, then the ultimate higher law for Latter-day Saints is the law of God, right? And if there are laws of men that violate laws of God or go against what we're taught in the scriptures or by our prophets, then, you know, that that's not that is not the type of law of, you know, those kinds of laws of men we should not be supporting um, either. So, you know, we have to look at well, what what's the ultimate law that we're supposed to be following here and make sure that we don't get caught up in following all the laws that are on the books today. And think about what's the what's the higher law that I should be following here, even if maybe that contradicts some of these lower laws. Right, and it's uh, it's interesting that you um, with how we're talking about this. It just reminds me as well um, that uh, the original idea behind having a jury trial was that you you are there to help um, to what is it? So there's a couple. There are a couple of goals that the jury is, is out to do. First off, they are trying to determine the guiltiness, whether or not the person broke the law. Also, and this is something that, you know, is not very widely <laughs> promoted by, by those um, trying to uh, officiate in the law, but um, people, the jury is also there to, to judge whether the law is, is just as well. And so if, even if they determine that the person has broken the law, they can, as a jury, decide, you know, yeah, he did, but this law, you know, I don't think that it, that I don't think this law is, is great, anyways. And so they can acquit the person while they still find them guilty of breaking that law. They can actually throw it out because, well, the law was unjust. So yeah, it's really yeah, interesting. And I think I think juries. I mean, juries are a powerful concept. I because I, I, going back to what you said about you know all the, everything the government does 
is just because we the people delegated that authority to the government. It doesn't have any more authority than we have individually. And I think that's, you know, very evident in that whole concept of a trial by jury. I mean, ultimately, who is condemning you here? It's your peers in, the, in your community. It's not some, you know, government magistrate. At the end of the day, you know, you've got people trained in the law, you have lawyers, you have the judge, you know, you have these people that are very trained in these things to help you along. And, and those are, you know, honorable professions in as much as we're, you know, defending good laws there. But um, ultimately, it's the people of the community that decide whether you are guilty or not and whether you should be punished or not. Right. Um, and I think that's I think that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool concept or pr pretty cool practice, I guess, that we still have today. Um, Though I think, you know, a lot of we we see a lot of trials, you know, that don't ever go to a jury trial. They get they get um, decided through all kinds of this other procedure and, and stuff that kind of maybe maybe gums up the works a little bit. And maybe, you know, maybe maybe justice could be uh, executed more often if we really, you know, I guess got our hands dirty. Right. And, and kind of got in there as a community and said, OK, well, you know, what do we citizens of this community think should happen to this person? You know, are they a danger to us? Are they a danger to our community? Are they violating those natural rights that we all have or, you know, is it going to cause more harm than good to our society if we, you know, if we punish this person, you know, right. I think that that's, yeah, I, I really like that, that concept. And, um, you know, I wonder if maybe we've drifted away from it a little bit in our legal system. Yeah. Yep. I heard an interview the other day. We'll have to uh, see about contacting this guy, <laughs> but, but he talked specifically about that and that, you know, there has been a, a deliberate move to get away from that because, um, you know, prosecutors want to prosecute without, having to um, having to justify the law itself as well. And so, which I think, again, it gets back into dangerous territory. But anyways, um, I, as far as I'm concerned, I've got, I've covered pretty much everything I was planning on covering. Was there anything else you yeah. wanted to cover? Nope. Same here. Yeah. Nice. Good discussion. Thank you. Yeah. No, that was awesome. I, I think it was, um, I, I totally forgot about section 134, which is funny because um, it's another great one um, that I really enjoyed reading as well. So, yeah, um, with that, we'll, uh, we will go ahead and close up here. But uh, we want to thank everybody for, for joining us again. Uh, join us again next time for Latter-day Liberty Podcast. See you, bye.